Well, a good afternoon or morning to everybody. Dr. Joe Galati, thanks very much for taking a listen to this installment of the Joe Galati podcast. And today what we're doing in honor of February, which is American Heart Month. Now, you'll see a lot of attention to women in wearing red, special attention to women and heart disease, which in its own right is a separate problem and a separate bit of awareness that we all need to be conscious of. And the the issue with women and heart disease predominantly has to do with the symptoms. Women that are experiencing symptoms related to heart disease are a little bit different than with men. In men, or really what we've learned about is that crushing chest pain, the elephant elephant sitting on your chest, pain that radiates up to your neck, pain down your left arm. You break out in a sweat. That's called diaphoresis. And um, it's, it's lightheadedness. Now, that may occur in women. Mostly it is with men. But in women, it's a far more vague set of symptoms. It may be some lightheadedness. It may be mild shortness of breath. But very much, it's a lot of gastrointestinal symptoms. Burping, belching, indigestion, a little bit of reflux, vague symptoms of fatigue. And and very often, the person, the woman experiencing these symptoms may blow it off to um, too much spicy food or they overindulged at the birthday party. And what this all does is delay the entry into the emergency system. 911 is not called. People will basically lay around at home and say, well, let me take some Toms. I'll take my Zantac. I'll take my purple pill. If I could just belch, I'll have a bowel movement. Maybe if I go to bed, it'll be better. Things like that. So you you want to, as the consumer for yourself or somebody around you that you care about, you want to realize that heart disease can manifest by these very vague, typically gastrointestinal symptoms. You may not hear the story of the the elephant or giraffe sitting on my chest with the pain up to the neck and uh, pain radiating down the left arm. That's number one. Number two, just in general for awareness. And whether it is liver disease, heart disease, cancer, uh, lung disease, etc., it really doesn't matter. The, the whole issue is that there needs to be awareness. You yourself have to be able to put two and two together to realize that something is wrong. Now, uh, our guest today is Dr. Randeep Suneja. He is an expert, well-trained, very experienced cardiologist here in Houston, Texas. And actually, a funny note, Dr. Suneja and I were medicine residents in Brooklyn back in the 1980s. He was actually one year ahead of me. He was my senior resident when I was an intern. I realized then that he was a good guy. He was an excellent doctor uh, at that point many, many years ago when I was a newbie uh, to say. But anyway, for heart disease in general, first of all, we're going to talk about 
risk factors for heart disease. And you have to take that very hard look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, I am overweight, I have to do something about it. Or I have high blood pressure, my blood sugar has been a little high, my cholesterol is up, I'm eating poorly, I'm not exercising, I smoke, or I have a family history of heart disease. These are all risk factors that you have to absolutely, and I hate to say it, you have to fess up and admit that there's a problem. Number two is knowing what the symptoms are. Very similar to the issues with women, realizing that women may present with sort of a, uh, 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 sort of a different kind of symptom complex. Uh, you have to realize that, obviously, chest pain, if it radiates up to the neck, goes down the left arm, could go down the right arm. Shortness of breath, fatigue, palpitations, irregular skipping of beats or fluttering of beats or um, uh, higher than normal heart rate is something that you need to be concerned about. If you find that over time, your exercise tolerance is going down. If you are developing swelling in your legs, at the end of the day, your legs are swollen. You have a uh, ring around where your socks are or you're gaining weight, edema weight. These are all red flags that something is going on or your blood pressure is out of control. You have a headache, uh, visual changes. These are all very much red flags that you need to take attention. So while the month of February is American Heart Month, 365 days a year, you should be thinking about your welfare of your heart and your blood vessels and your brain because we don't want to have you experience any sort of premature complication and then it it really turns into a bit of a mess. So enjoy the podcast. Dr. Sinesia is a very good guy. There's more information on our other podcast episodes about heart disease. We recently had Dr. Uh, Joseph Rogers. He is the new president and CEO of the Texas Heart Institute. You may want to check out his episode from uh, a few months ago. So anyway, that's it. Make sure you go to Dr. Joe Galati, sign up for our newsletter. And of course, if you ever have any questions, I'd love to hear from you. So take care and have a wonderful day. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Joe Galati podcast broadcasting high above the Texas Medical Center in Houston, purveyor of all things related to the liver, health and wellness, nutrition, food and cooking, and all-around doctor banter and witty repartee with our experts that visit us. Our website is drjogalati.com. If you'd like to send me a note, subscribe to our newsletter, or even see me as a patient. If you want to call and be part of the program, dial us at 888-438-9431. And now, on with the podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Your Health First. Dr. Joe Galati, don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. On the phone is what I would like to say is a friend of Your Health First, a, a fellow patriot in wanting to educate his own patients, Dr. Randeep Sunesia. He and I go back 
many, many years to our New York days at Kings County. His practice now is the Cardiology Center of Houston. You could reach him there at HoustonCardiology.com. And he, uh, truly a master. He's been in practice for 35 year, uh, 30 years, 65,000 patients. He is the chief of cardiology at Houston Methodist West here in Houston, Texas. Randeep, so happy to have you on and talk about heart disease, especially as um, this coming week, it is February and American Heart Month. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure and honor to be back again. Abs- absolutely. And I know how much because I see a number of your patients, the care that you give in making sure that your patients are educated and truly understand, I would say whether it's liver disease or the management of heart disease, it's a key point that everybody listening tonight really needs to know about is that your physician and your team needs to make you an educated consumer. What, what really is your philosophy on that? Well, you know, um, I truly believe that uh, empowering our patients and educating our patients is critically important because when the patients understand their degree of illness or the pathogenesis and the disease itself, they uh, take care of themselves better, they partner with you better. And you are a prime example, and I see we have a lot of mutual patients, and we see that when patients are educated, like even whether it is for weight loss or for heart disease management and blood pressure management and cholesterol management, and we do their calcium scores and show them their report card, these patients become more involved in their care, and they will be more, uh, you know, they cooperate in their care better, they are compliant with the medications, they will follow the lifestyle modifications. So you just have to guide with the patient and guide them, and then you have to set an example yourself also, you know. It's very important to be a role model yourself so that you are able to tell the patients, hey, I do the same things. I would like you to also please make an effort and follow that path. Oh, absolutely. Now, a a big part of heart disease, and, and the same goes for uh, pulmonary disease and kidney disease, it is for a patient or somebody listening tonight to understand their risk factors. And I, and I feel as if we can never, ever talk about this enough. So give everybody tonight, Randeep, an overview of what are the risk factors for heart disease. Yeah, so, you know, heart disease is a broad concept. As you know, you know heart disease still remains the leading cause of death, both in men, women, and right. basically for all racial and ethnic groups. And the statistics is very staggering. If you really look at it, one person dies of heart disease every 36 seconds right. in the U.S. And, you know, that's about 660,000 deaths in the United States from heart disease alone. Now, heart disease is a broad uh, spectrum of disease in which we have the coronary artery disease, which is the most common type of heart disease, basically. Right. That means heart disease resulting from blockage in the arteries of the heart. So that is leading to what's called coronary artery disease, leading to heart attacks and leading to damage to the heart muscle, leading to congestive heart failure and weakness of the heart muscle. So heart attack statistics is also quite staggering. If you really look at it, one heart attack occurs in the U.S. every 40 seconds. So that is about 805,000 people in the U.S. having heart attacks. And the important factor is that 20% of these, so one out of every five heart attacks is silent. And 
that prevalence rises in right. patients, with, patients with diabetes. So it is very, very important that we understand that it is still, now this is pre-COVID era um, statistics from 2019. Uh-huh. Obviously, COVID is accounting for a, a lot of deaths, as you know, almost close to 400,000 deaths. And we have had uh, uh, per year, uh, maybe coming up that, that number. So it will uh, play a role in the statistics, but still heart disease remains the number one killer of uh, men and women of all ethnic origins. Now, Risk factors, as you know, we divide them into, you know, kind of two things. One is modifiable and non-modifiable. Right. And non-modifiable is family history. If you have father, mother, brother, sister with premature heart disease or stroke, whether they have a heart disease at less than 50 years for male and below 55 for female, then they have a strong genetic predisposition for heart disease. And that is a family history for heart disease. Now, when we have what are called the modifiable major risk factors, that include hypertension or high blood pressure, hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol, and you have history of smoking, uh, although smoking is on um, on a downward trend in the U.S., which is wonderful, but still remains a major risk factor. And then we have diabetes, which is now the prevalence of diabetes. As you know, treating with fatty liver, you can see the incidence of obesity and diabetes is has literally doubled and tripled in the last several uh, decades. So diabetes plays a very big role. Obesity and overweight is another risk factor. I'll combine that with um, the lack of physical activity. And then stress factors also are playing a very major role. You know, we have uh, stress-induced uh, uh, cardiomyopathy, which can lead to uh, broken heart syndrome and severe stressful situations leading to heart attacks. And we have seen uh, a presence of infections, uh, especially we have had a rise in heart attacks from patients who have experienced COVID because right. being um, and inflammatory disease process has had resulted in premature rupture of plaques and resulted in heart attacks. So we have seen increased incidence of heart attacks in patients with COVID also. So that's also an additional risk factor now. You know, when you look at high blood pressure, hypertension, for the most part, unless it's very, very late in the disease, patients are going to not have any real symptoms to clue them in that something may be going on. And earlier, it was really towards the end of last year, I had sort of made a, a, uh, a request of everybody that was tuning in to make sure they knew their blood pressure. And even if you are not diagnosed with blood pressure, now I don't want to make a bunch of neurotic people out there that are checking their blood pressure all the time, but to have a blood pressure cuff at home that maybe once a week, once a month, they check in and take their blood pressure in the comfort of their home because it may be silent and uh, it's far better if you identify a questionable elevation of the blood pressure and then go see your doctor to get it out, to get it taken care of. What do you, what do you think of that approach? No, I think that is an excellent point we raise, and in fact, we tell this to our all our patients because when they come to their off, our offices, you can see a blood pressure rise of 10, 15 points in patients. Even sometimes they are completely normal, tensive right. at home with completely normal blood pressures at home. So it is critically important to collect good data and good information. So the number one blood pressure instrument, I don't endorse any products, but in fact, American Heart Association and the American College of Cardiology have recommended that patients 
utilize Omron BP arm cuff. We do not recommend wrist cuffs. Omron right. BP arm cuff, which is seven or ten series, which is very user friendly, and patients must uh, collect their information in the comfort on their own homes and bring that data and share that with data. And an excellent point to measure them, whether you do once a week or once a month, that's perfectly okay. Because if you start utilizing many, many readings, it creates a, some degree of almost secondary anxiety right, and right. makes the blood pressure go up. So you really have to kind of watch that. But collecting data is critically important. And if you are taking blood pressure medications, it is so important to monitor the response of the drugs to see have we achieved the target. We want to keep this diastolic preferably below 85, definitely below 90, and systolic preferably below 140, 145. And if you're an elderly patient, then sometimes we have to go 150, 155, maybe okay, because an 80-year-old patient, if you try to bring them to 120 or 80, we will unfortunately, will be over-medicating these patients right. and creating dizziness and potential risk for falls. So, you know, it is very individualized uh, approach, but um, we definitely want to keep the profession under control and collect good data. All right. With that said, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com. That's where you go. Sign up for our newsletter. I'll be back with Dr. Randeep Sinesia in just a minute. Welcome back, everybody. Final segment of Your Health First. We have Dr. Randeep Sinesia on the phone here tonight talking heart disease. Now, you know, the symptoms are equally important because I'm sure you see people, patients of yours, that have been walking around with everything from headache to palpitations to lightheadedness to fatigue only to find out once they're eventually worked out that they have been suffering from some aspect of heart disease. So it is so important that everybody listening tonight um, knows the the symptoms or the signs and symptoms of heart disease. And what are these? And again, these are key things for everybody to listen tonight and really um, look at yourself and realize, do I have any of these symptoms? Let it go. What are they? So very often, uh, hypertension can be, you know, we use the word silent killer because right. the majority of the time, um, many times hypertension may not cause any symptoms, but they're very subtle symptoms, little slight headaches, more so occipital or towards the back of the head, some factor of fatigue, shortness of breath with exertion, um, dizziness, and if uh, headaches are becoming very severe, then obviously the hypertension is also getting more severe. And headaches without a, any, any unknown cause, you know, that's again a sign that this could be related to hypertension. Dizziness or double vision, these are some of the factors that should alert the individual or the patient to seek help and maybe monitor their blood pressure at home. And if it is running high, then seek guidance from a, their physician. You know, the one thing is that a lot of patients will be walking around with indigestion, some chest pressure, um, just an uneasiness in their chest, and they are so inclined, and it's part of denial, and it's, it's, it's part of the human experience, to deny it and say, well... And, and they always seem to blame Mexican food. But they say, I ate too much Mexican. I ate too much hot food. But really, 
they had been suffering with some uh, coronary artery disease for weeks or months. Absolutely. You know, it is funny that you said that. Uh, there is approximately 20 to 25% coexistence of heart disease with symptoms of reflux or gastric right, uh, right. uh, GERD symptoms. So patients actually are having uh, symptoms of both. But, you know, we all, as a human psychology, we have denial of something more severe. Right. So they start attributing, hey, doc, I walked up the stairs and I had a big meal and had some discomfort in the chest and I had some indigestion. So this there's a classical case where patients is having postprandial angina, where he's having symptoms of chest discomfort, tightness after a heavy meal, but he's having symptoms of GERD also. So they potentially will project you as symptoms of reflux and GERD. Well, underneath is now for the physician to get a good history so that you can say, you know what, yes, I do agree. You probably have that also. But more importantly, and more severe symptoms is that you're having exertional angina. And we see that, you know, uh, we have patients, I mean, last three weeks I had uh, interventions done on very young people. I had a marathoner recently with presenting some very atypical symptoms. Right. He had finished a marathon. Um, um, about a month ago, and then was running, going to run the Houston Marathon, and I was having some minor symptoms, and I did a nuclear stress test, was very severely abnormal, and I was able to convince him, because he said, Doc, you know what, I will do uh, angiogram after I do the marathon. I said, please, sir, you cannot do that. You could hurt yourself. Sure. I had to convince him, almost call his wife to stop him from running the marathon, and did the angiogram a few days before the marathon, finding a 90% blockage, which I fixed, and then he was so grateful. Thank God, doc, you did not let me run the marathon. Right. And we had these patients having sudden deaths and even So, you know, it is very, very important to listen to your body if you're having some shortness of it. The symptoms of heart disease can be very subtle, you know, as simple as discomfort in the chest, tightness in the chest, and this may be heaviness in the chest that may come with exertion or with some stressful situations, you can have shortness of breath, you're seeing unusual fatigue, you may feel sometimes dizziness, you may have atypical women, on the other hand, tend to have a little bit more atypical symptoms, where they will have some discomfort in the chest, with some minor nausea symptoms, there may be radiation of the discomfort of the left arm or jaw, right. neck, exertion, dyspnea, or shortness of breath exertion is very, or fatigue, so these are, some of them are a little bit non-specific and patient may not realize but in reality these are actually signs of underlying heart disease so when somebody is experiencing any of these they must reach out to your doctor to get themselves checked and we have so much invasive and non non-invasive and invasive technologies in the form of heart scan right. ultrasound we can do a nuclear stress test before we jump on and now the coronary CT is another very advanced technology where we can do a non-invasive angiogram. So there is so much available, but patients have to reach out to their doctors. Right. And the doctors must take a good history, physical examination, do an electrocardiogram, echocardiogram to look at the heart muscle function, valves, a silent hypertensive. We are able to say pressure comes, patient comes to the office, blood pressure is 150 over 96, and I do an echocardiogram, has moderate left ventricle hypertrophy. I said, sir, 
do you you know that already I'm seeing signs of left ventricle hypertrophy, meaning that you've been hypertensive for a while. Right. So we are able to see those things on the EKG and echocardiogram without the patient even knowing it. So we can say, you know, you've been hypertensive for a while, and this must be treated. This we cannot be just observing that. I know, I know. So many, and and again, the default the default response is. It's not happening to me. It's it's happening to somebody else. Now, the the last topic which you and I have talked about uh, before is in African Americans, especially in men, they are more prone to hypertension. They are more prone to developing kidney disease and ultimately ending up uh, in kidney failure on the kidney transplant list. Explain that to everybody. Why it is so important, especially, especially in the African-American community to, sp- to really pay special attention to this. Well, definitely. That's a very good point, Vara, because what happens is that the African-American patients are, they have several genetic factors, you know, we have, which is called is um, a syndrome called the little syndrome. There's a high prevalence of little syndrome, which has basically um, um, uh, hyperactivation of the um, um, epithelial sodium channel system, which tends to uh, absorb sodium, uh, increases sodium absorption in the kidneys. Then we have, uh, you know, we had the big trial called the All-Hat trial, which revealed that uh, African-Americans um, are uh, respond better to diuretics. They have a higher incidence of salt and water retention. Right. No ifs and buts about that. So um, African-American patients uh, respond better to diuretic therapy, which was shown in the very extensive all-head trial. There also is a higher incidence of primary aldosteronism in hyperaldosteronism in uh, African-American patients. So genetically also, they are higher predisposed uh, to hypertension. And then uh, in addition to all these factors, we clearly see higher incidence of hypertension in African-Americans. And not only that, they don't seek care as early as uh, other population right. ethnic groups do. So we tend to see higher incidence of chronic kidney disease, end-stage disease, as you pointed out. The incidence of dialysis also is comparatively higher. And so again, seeking out care. But then again, if you look at that, the, uh, the uh, risk factor of obesity and diabetes is also higher in African-American population. So it tends to, you know, these all these multiple factors play a role in ultimately leading to then all this, all ultimately leads to higher incidence of heart disease also. Right, right. And when you look at the numbers, it really is uh, very lopsided in that if you look at uh, African Americans represent a little over 30% of uh, care for kidney failure. African Americans, as you said, 70% more likely to develop diabetes. And, you know, with the, the predisposition to hypertension plus diabetes, it's a deadly combination to develop kidney failure. And, uh, you know, certainly we have to continue to work on this. So, Randeep, in the final minute here, what would you say for the beginning of American Heart Month, what message do you want to leave with everybody tonight? I think the most important message is that um, must take care of yourself, listen to your body, follow a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet, exercise do some walking, as simple as walking 20 minutes a day can reduce your obesity genes by almost 32% and give you, a, eat a healthier, follow a healthier lifestyle. 
monitor your blood pressure, know your numbers, know your cholesterol, get help from your physician, go for regular checkups, and if there are any abnormalities of any symptoms of chest pain, shortness of breath, please seek help. Right. Do not delay care because help is available. Get consultation from a physician because there's so much technological advances that we can make the diagnosis early so that the patient's don't end up leading to a heart attack, or we can even prevent deaths by early diagnosis of coronary disease. Randeep Sinasia, Cardiology Center of Houston, HoustonCardiology.com. Well, it's American Heart Month, so we will have you back. I promise that. Take awareness of your heart and your symptoms. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.